This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, BSB OT Some Number. We're back with our guest, Jillian Kammermer. She's a correspondent for the KHL. Been on the podcast many, many times. Host, correct me if I'm wrong, the Ice Diaries and the Face Off. Was I wrong on that? I know you just told me. You nailed it. Oh, nailed so it. good. Nice job by me. Um, we brought you on because we thought it'd be a great week to talk about Russia. And uh, for no reason other than the KHL is happening. That's right. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, um, you're still in New Jersey. So how are you covering the KHL at this point? My Lord, by not sleeping and waking up at four o'clock in the morning to watch your boy Vitali tear it up left, right, and center. Um, It has been, it's been emotional. Like it's actually very hard to not step foot in a hockey arena as a reporter, as I'm sure you know all too well, given that we're all in the same situation, but I can't cross the border. It's hard closed. Um, KHL families still can't get over. Like they're only just getting special permission letters to go over there are guys with pregnant wives like it's awful right now obviously and, and unfortunately Russia is one of the hardest hit countries in the world with COVID so that's playing out interestingly in and around the KHL but yeah I'm just like hanging out in my pajamas and watching games at all hours of the day and night what about you uh my living room is literally I'm turning it into an ice rink to try and replicate what it feels like to be alive because <laughs> I mostly don't leave it <laughs> Um, I work, <laughs> I work from home, uh, every day of the week, obviously these days and, uh, with the podcast and some days I work like 12, 14 hours. So I'm dying inside and, uh, having a great time, but Hey, there's some hockey on somewhere. Um, let's, I, you talked about craft stuff, so I guess we'll just get right to it. Right. Should we, um, we might as well, we might as well. Well, actually I'm going to, before we do that, I'm actually gonna cut my own self off. I saw, I swear I saw a highlight. Are there fans at the KHL games? Yeah, um, it varies from region to region. Obviously, the KHL normally encompasses six countries. Right now, it encompasses five because the Chinese team that Alexei Kovalev coaches, they're based in Moscow for the season for obvious travel restriction reasons. Yes. Some of the teams are having, like, I want to say the highest capacity I've seen is around 50, but it's more than 25. You know, the varying levels of mask usage, you know, like I see a lot of guys with the masks pulled down and their noses out. I see some no masks and then teams like Ska have these, you know, really in-depth explainer videos with their mascot and their cheerleaders being like, wear your damn mask. So it's kind of varied across the league. But I mean, there's been over 400 cases of COVID in and around the KHL. Um, entire teams have been taken out uh, one by one and including all at once. I get this morning email that tells you all of the scratches in the KHL. And like sometimes for some teams, it's a paragraph and you're like, oh, shit, <laughs> the, the COVID has hit. So it's been 
crazy to try and keep track of and the standings are just as turbulent as you would imagine when teams are playing like with an entire junior squad or their imports or just their Russians or some mix of the two because they're going out at different times. So it's wild. Absolutely wild. I forgot to introduce my co-host Gregory. Gregory is also here. Hello, Greg. I'm also here. <laughs> okay. I'm just I'm letting I'm I'm just gonna let Ryan carry carry the uh, flag for this episode because even though we're recording this on Monday, my mind is just assuming it's either Tuesday or Wednesday when we're talking. And I don't want to talk to any human being Tuesday <laughs> or Wednesday. So we're literally just, talking on Armageddon Eve. This is so exciting. Like Bruce yeah, well, so, uh, yeah, to pull to pull back the curtain, the whole reason why Ryan and I are recording two episodes on Monday night, because we're also doing the main show that many people have already listened to, is uh, I texted Ryan and I was like, buddy, I'm just going to assume that the world ended and I am now stuck <laughs> at work forever. So we need to record twice on Monday. Which we, yeah. we've done in the past. We make the sacrifice for the people. You know, we're out here grinding. Because, of course... Yeah. You, well, we're the people's podcast. What can we say? There's, uh, you know, there's a lot of Ranger news this week. Like, literally nothing. So we need to do two episodes. <laughs> 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 this is where we're at. Um, all right, so the people were in the stands. And last time you were, or one of the other times you were on the podcast, there was something I remember, like, a lot of the DJ songs. They had, like, a lot of crazy different DJs. They played, like, theme songs to cartoons and stuff like that. <laughs> right, right, what? right. We could, come back to the, we could come back to the cartoons of the DJs. People want to know what Vitaly Kravtsov is doing in Russia. So we should probably ask <laughs> what the hell Vitaly Kravtsov is doing But do they do the cartoon shows with the masks? I have so many questions. <laughs> and we'll, we'll, get, we'll get there, sweetheart. Fine. So do it. <laughs> Vitaly Kravtsov, an actual Ranger prospect who's doing very well. Why, why would you tell him about his boring, great season? Yeah, I mean, it's so boring. He's only tearing it up. Like, before we were bored because he wasn't doing anything. Now we're bored because he's, like, scoring every game. And it's like, oh, not you again. Um, funny enough, I mean, he was out for a couple of weeks with an injury, which was unfortunate because he was on a roll. He came back, and it's like no time has passed. He's just scoring again. And what's crazy is that aside from the fact that his stats are great, he's got 10 points in 16 games, eight goals to assist, he could have higher stats if his teammates were picking up what he was throwing down because this kid has made a couple of absolutely phenomenal passes right in front of the net that nobody else would miss. And then somehow they miss what he's put out. So I've seen this happen now probably two or three times that really stick out in my memory. But aside from that, his defensive play has really strengthened up. I mean, this is a kid that has just – He's had a glow up, so to speak, as the kids would say. And it's funny because some of his teammates, and I've been talking to them nonstop. I think they're all really sick of me. One of them was literally sending me pictures of the beef tongue on a buffet at some hotel. Because <laughs> he was like, I really don't want to talk about Kraftsov anymore. And I'm like, okay, that's really nice. That looks disgusting. Don't eat that. But Vitaly Kraftsov, what's he up to? Um, so he was telling me that like Vitaly came in with a whole new work ethic. He just showed up and all of a sudden, you know, aside from the fact that he was very skilled to begin with, and a lot of times with these kids who are hyper-skilled, you could never discount the work ethic that it would have taken to get there. But he came in and he's just dialed in and it's a, a productive level of pressure. He's a kid who has a tendency to put a negative type of pressure on himself to succeed and that's reversed and that's really positive. And then aside from that, he'll go through the whole team strength training workout and then he'll stay in the gym past everybody else, pull up what the Rangers sent him on an app and then do the Rangers strength training routine. So he's a kid who knows he has to build his body. He's paying attention to what New York is telling him to do. And obviously all of it's playing out on the ice. He's scoring, he's making plays. 
you know, just phenomenal shot on, shots on goal numbers, let alone what he's actually converted on. And then he's also the first in on the forecheck. So he's just a kid who has shown up in the big, the biggest of big ways. And I said it at the beginning of the season, Anvar Gatiatulin, the head coach who was with Tractor when Vitaly Krasov was rookie of the year, is back. And he coached them to their best performance in recent memory. He has a ton of faith and was putting a ton of responsibility on Krasov's shoulders when he was a rookie. And I said this on Twitter and I said it to you guys, I think, if all the circumstances that Krasov could have been put back into, this was the best possible one. And he's getting the play advantage and the stability that he was lacking for that crazy season where he was bouncing all over the world. I think he did that Aeroflot New York to SVO route more often than I did, which is shocking. And so, you know, here he is doing what he's doing. He's, you know, got some stability. He's got some points under his belt. So I'm really excited to see him performing. You know, I was worried. It was a little bit of a touch and go moment for him, for sure, after last year. Yeah, absolutely. As well as, oh, oh, sorry, Ryan. as well as he's been playing, Jillian, um, that obviously will get some Ranger fans to want him to come back for training camp. Do you see the positives, if there are positives, in him just staying in Russia until that season ends in late March? I think the positives are bulked on him staying in Russia. First of all, you guys have depth in that position. If you're going to bring him back, you got to bring him back to a position where he's going to be playing. And I don't necessarily know that you need him right at the start of the season. If there's an injury, if guys are coming back and they're in like kind of funny shape because this has been such an unorthodox postseason, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. That's one thing. But Vitaly Kravtsov has such a good thing going right now. I would be very hesitant to take him out, especially because Tractor's sitting fourth in the Eastern Conference right now. You kind of have to take the KHL standings with a grain of salt because there's been so much turbulence due to COVID. But that being said, they're in a playoff position. This is a kid who could get a playoff run out of his time. I, I, can, I can't see a downside to leaving him there, but I can see downsides to bringing him back too soon and not giving him an opportunity on the ice. Yeah, you mentioned, uh, I, I know last time, or at least when Kraftsoff was over there as a rookie, he was absolutely dominating and just somehow, uh, I, I know his team, and I don't know the teams as well as you do, obviously, um, wasn't exactly the best of talent. This time, what's different? Like, he's gone back, he's dominating again, but what is there like a difference in his game that is really noticeable? I know you mentioned the defensive ability he has now, maybe the passing, but if he was dominating before, how is he exactly taking it to a next level on, on a team that he was already the best asset on two years ago? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think, first of all, the tractor that he was rookie of the year on and the tractor now looks similar in the sense that he is flanked by talent that can support him. Yes, I've noted that there have been times when he's made a beautiful play and it hasn't been converted, but that does happen. And it happens in all circumstances, right? Like not everybody can pick up what you put down every single time. Mm -hmm. But that being said, um, this team beefed up a little bit in the postseason, and it's very obvious to me that they've made an investment in the club itself, whether you look at how they've rebranded, everything sleek and new and cool, um, you know, and even just my interactions with their media team, like I can just see that things are flowing better. So from an organizational standpoint, they bring back the coach that everybody loves. They keep guys like Nick Balin, who's a longtime both proponent and mentor of Vitaly Kravtsov. Then they bring in a guy like Lawrence Pilot. I mean, this is a this is a good team, and they have a number of imports that are flanking Kraftsov, as well as some really great Russian players. Sergey Kalinin can't say enough about this guy. He was on Red Army. He's an Olympic champion. He he basically walks into Chelyabinsk with the C on his chest. The beautiful thing about this guy is that he speaks incredible English. You could probably have a two-hour conversation with this guy. 
because Tractor is a team that has, you know, let's say a handful of imports and then a lot of Russians, you have a captain who's the perfect bridge in an international locker room. This is also good for Kraftsov. Kraftsov does make a huge effort to speak in English in that locker room. He's constantly making an effort with some of his foreign teammates. They all have talked about this with me um, in terms of his English level going up and his effort to learn from them going up. So I think overall you have a slightly better roster around him. He has clearly come in with a better defensive game, clearly has found a way to kind of establish some confidence. And once he got on that early role, he feels, I think, more empowered. And he's, he's been given a lot of playing minutes. He's either on the, the first or second line every single night. He's being given the opportunity to kind of take risks and be creative and, and show off the skill set that he always had. But I think he was less confident to employ when things weren't going his way. So it's just cool to see him kind of sort of level out. And he certainly, to me, looks even better, of course, than he did in that rookie of the year season. So it's just overall a glow up for Tractor, a glow up for, tra- for Kraftsov, too. Can't ask for more than that. Uh, it's definitely a situation where Greg already mentioned where kind of want him to come back but if he's going to make the playoffs how does the playoff format work in the KHL because as people who don't follow um I I think it'd be interesting to know it it works very similar to the way that it would in the NHL so Tractor right now is in fourth place the top eight spots in the Eastern Conference will make the postseason got it um and then they will start to have the round robin um you know the same the same exact kind of format best of seven so he will. He would engage in a, a postseason that's very similar to the NHL. Of course, the fact that you know there's a great deal more travel involved, and the KHL is not operating in a bubble situation, and they won't be probably by postseason, if I had to guess. Um, so you know, it's it's similar to what you would experience in an NHL postseason. Obviously, the competitive level is different, but it's KHL playoff hockey is great hockey, and there's so many guys that are currently lo- learn. Um, oh my God, why am I not able to speak? Loaned over there right now, guys like Ily Tolvanen, who was also up for Rookie of the Year when Kraftsov won it, um, and Dmitry Samorokov, who's on Red Army, who by the way is Vitaly Kraftsov's newly minted brother-in-law, and I had a great conversation hey. with him about that. Um, so you've got a lot of guys loaned over there. You've got a lot of young Russian talent coming up the ranks. Like playoff hockey in the KHL will be will be tough and exciting, and it would be great to see him log some you know minutes in and around the playoff hockey situation in the K. We haven't seen Tractor in a postseason in a long time, so it would be fun to see him now. I have a really dumb question. Like, stick with yeah. me. Um, is where would you say Kravtsov ranks in the KHL like player level? Is he like a top twenty player? Is he a top like thirty player, fifty? Um, <laughs> it's a bit of a tough question because actually he was creeping up that scoring race um, pretty profoundly before he got taken out for a couple of weeks. Um, so now that he's back, and I think now that we can look at these these rosters unbroken, because for example, all the best Scandinavian players on Ufa were out and only just came back. It's kind of hard to rank him when I've got barely it, got seen it. half the talent that's supposed to be in the K. I'm going to say if he continues on the tear that he's on, I would probably put him in a top 25 position. Um, if only because he just continues to convert. Like, yes, you've got guys like Datsuk and Semin, and, you know, they're, they're, they are getting points and they are doing well. But in terms of his age class, like Kraftsov is, is cleaning up and he cleaned up shop when he was even younger than this. Same thing. It's definitely very now- interesting. Now we all we Kravtsov's the Ranger guy who steals all the headlines, and for good reason because he's a big part of the team's future. A guy who slid down the pecking order in the Rangers, seemingly, 
is Igor Rykov, who is back in the mm-hmm. KHL this year. And I, I think if you ask m- many Ranger fans, or even not even Ranger fans, but guys who follow the teams closely on the reporting side, there's more of an opportunity where Rykov's over there to stay for good. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how in deep we need, in depth we need to get on him because it does feel like Rykov is entering a point in his career where he might not be a member of the New York Rangers organization for that much longer. You know, it's hard for me to say from the Rangers' perspective, right? But I, you know, looking at him now, he's playing for Red Army. They are consistently the top team in the Western Conference. They are consistently a Gagarin Cup contender. If they had not ended the season early due to COVID um, this past season, it was almost certain that Red Army was going to contend for their second Gagarin Cup in a row. Um, Looking at the situation now, he's been, you know, he's done pretty well, actually. He's produced, um, I think he's got, I want to say, six points in 19 games, and he's plus five. He's averaging 15 to 16 minutes. Um, And on Igor Nikitin's team, you know, Igor Nikitin's a very systematic, defense-minded coach. When you talk to anyone that's played for him, one guy even called him defensively obsessed. So you walk in there, and these are very complex systems that you have to learn. You know, I know that Nikitin sits down with each defenseman, every player that he brings in, and makes it very clear to them, draws it out exactly how he wants them to play. It's been hard to learn that system because, again, CSKA has been operating with, you know, COVID-19 taking out chunks of their roster at different times. So even to play for a coach like that, to play for a coach that's very, very heavy on his systems, it's not easy when you have so much roster turnover, but Gagor's kind of found a little bit of a rhythm. You know, he had two assists against Ska, which is no joke. That's one of their toughest rivals. Um, he's had a primary assist in recent memory. He, I've seen him play on the top line. Like, Red Army is an amazing place to land for a, a young Russian player. If you were coming back to the Rangers or we were certain of that, I would say to you, of all the teams that I could have placed him on, if I were to choose, I would choose Igor Nikitin and say a Scott all day, every day, right? Like we've talked about some of the differences in the K and like, you know, Vitaly going back to tractor last season and how badly they were doing and, and just sort of the, the mess and the organizational issues. Whereas Red Army is the opposite. Red Army is one of the most historic teams in the history of hockey. So on one hand, if he does come back, he's under a very, very tough coach that demands a lot of his blue liners. On the other hand, he also is in a good place that if he were able to kind of make that his gig, he would be, you know, perfectly set. And he's on a very competitive team and could stand to win a Gagarin Cup championship in the next couple of years. Well, we'll hope to see him back because uh, we need some help on the blue line uh, tremendously if some of the kids don't work out. So let's see how that plays out. One thing I've actually been thinking about asking you for a while is we've talked about Kovalev in the past, uh, your good your good dear friend who you've <laughs> interviewed. And since we've last spoke, we did a rewatch of the 94 um, sort of cup finals. And I thought he was an unsung hero, uh, really, of that entire postseason. Does he ever talk about that? Like, I don't get enough credit? <laughs> yeah, he, he definitely he, he has implied that he is the best player that has ever played. Like, no question. He's told me this basically himself. He's like, I was like, have you ever played against a player who is more skilled than you? And he was like, no. I was like, okay, next question. Like, great. Okay, that's so, you know, not what I said, but. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't, he's never said to me I was the un, unsung hero of 94. Like, he's so proud of that heritage. I mean, he talks about the Rangers with so much love and, and respect. And I think. He, I, I interviewed him when he became a head coach. Um, this was just about in July. And I spoke with him even as recently as two weeks ago. Um, but back in July, I said to him, you know, who are some of the coaches that have influenced you? And, and he speaks quite positively 
of Mike Keenan because Mike Keenan knew how to rein him in. Like Alexei Kovalev can, you know, sometimes drift off a little bit. You know, he can get a little distracted. He gets up in his head. Um, other times he needs to be motivated to play. And Keenan just seemed to know how to handle Kobe. And even though I'm sure that was tough at times, Kobe respected that and he appreciated that. And he brought it up immediately when I was asking him about coaches that have influenced him in his career. So I think he's got like a lot of love for 94. Um, he is someone who has a healthy ego. There's no question about that. He's very, if you question him on his playing career, he'll get quite defensive. But in terms of, of this case, um, I couldn't agree with you more. And I've had more than one Rangers fan reach out to me when I've posted about him or talked about him and, and they revere him and love him so much. And so often they say, I don't know that we would have had that cup if Alexei Kovalev wasn't on that team. And I think that that's a, an interesting point. And it's such a shame he didn't get a longer run with the Rangers. I would have loved to have seen that. I'm just shocked that more often, like when the 94 cup is talked about, and if you're a Ranger fan, it's in your face all the time because it's all you have to smile about at this point. <laughs> like Kovalev, when we rewatched it, like he was the key to the series. Like if he didn't yeah. exist, well, there's no way. What well, was the, the key to the series not named Brian Leach. Yes. Well, Brian Leach is literally the, yeah. the lone unicorn himself. That's correct. But but he, yeah, at, he at some points, was the second most important player on the ice. I don't think he was ever the first, but a lot of the times he was the second. And it's surprising that he doesn't get brought up with like the core four of, of Ranger 94 history of Graves, Richter, Leach, and Messier. Yeah, it is a shame. You know, sometimes, and I don't necessarily know this is the case with the Rangers fan base, but like sometimes because the Russians were maybe harder to access or harder to get to know. Like I sometimes wonder if they get lost in the fray because very often coaches will say to me, NHL coaches will say to me, if I have a young Russian and he doesn't speak a lot of English, sometimes he gets lost in the back of that locker room. You know, the media isn't looking to him, et cetera. But Kobe, on another hand, he didn't, his English wasn't phenomenal when they were interviewing him and he was pouring champagne all over the troll's head, but he still had a personality that I think outshone that barrier. So yeah, I agree with you. It's kind of funny that he doesn't get more credit for what he did. I mean, especially considering how soon after he landed from Mother Russia that he, you know, plays for the Rangers and then helps to deliver a cup. I mean, he was young. I, I don't know that he was even 21 or he was at least 21. That was about it. I mean, the real question here is how come you haven't fed him to us for a podcast yet? <laughs> Would you like him? <laughs> he, I mean, if, <laughs> nah, he's, he, I, come on. He's not doing anything. What's he doing in Moscow? I mean, we'll wake up for yeah. it. No big deal. I mean, I should have sent him to you when he was quarantined with COVID. He was sitting alone in his apartment for two weeks, but I was I didn't even speak to him at that time. I didn't know what was going on. But then he told me on the phone two weeks ago, he's like, yep quarantine for two weeks, like has a whole team that's playing. They lost every game for a month straight. And you can't really blame them for that because they were operating on a fully Russian team then a fully import team and then a mix of the two. And then all the coaches were off the bench with COVID, including Slava Kozlov of the legendary nineties Red Wings. So like it was a nightmare and he's had such a shit show and they've since reversed course, which has been so fascinating. And I think that that's a team that's a sleeper and you've got to keep an eye on them. Because aside from the fact that Kozlov and Kovalev are standing behind the bench, and Igor Olanov, also another NHL journeyman, um, they've got a lot of really talented imports that are just coming back. And they beat St. Petersburg for the first time in team history. Like Kovalev and that team delivered a victory over an opponent that the team has never beaten before. And they delivered their first ever win of the season on ice. Um, against Salavat Yulayev, which was, you know, another absolutely killer team that had all of its best players back in time to play them. So, 
it's been really interesting to watch that. I think that's a team that you got to keep an eye on because I have a feeling that they're going to reverse course in a big way. They might even be playoff contenders after being last. All right. Well, now that we've talked about everything that's important. So the songs from the cartoons, like the theme <laughs> songs, like you said, they had cheerleaders telling people to wear masks and stuff like that. Are they like, are, are the DJs doing like any wear a mask song or like, hey, wash your hands, clap your hands? Yeah. <laughs> I've seen some like kind of creepy videos where like, so there's this, the, the, the Scott St. Petersburg mascot is this horse that's on fire. Like, I think his name is literally Fire Horse. I don't remember. I can't stand him. He, like, makes my skin crawl. And he was, like, doing this goofy thing where, like, cheerleaders are appearing and disappearing. And, like, he has a mask on and he doesn't have a mask on. Super trippy. It was, like, something that would be playing on the wall at Studio 54. Like, I don't know. Like, if you're in, like, this total drug trip. So they're doing some, like, really wacky things. Good, good. With relation to, like, COVID security. Um but in terms of the music, I don't think it's been updated too much. I um, The DuckTales, that was the one I was telling you about, yes. that they played at Red Army. Um, and I do have a confirmation from a friend of mine that they played it again, which is still kind of inexplicable, like unless there's just some confusion with the Mighty Ducks. But yeah, DuckTales, another one, Who Let the Dogs Out, Bahaman, that's a staple on um, Sandstorm by Darude. It's basically 1995. Can I just like, thank you for a the- second to say hey, I did get confirmation that they played DuckTales again. And saying it in such a, like a professional journalistic <laughs> way is amazing. Uh, I'm also, I'm also going to give you credit for reminding everyone that it was the Baja men who penned the ultimate American classic, Who Let the Dogs Out? <laughs> I mean, I just wanted to make it explicitly clear. <laughs> so yeah, they're still playing 1997, like you had a birthday party at a golf versus water balloons classic. So that's, that's what they've got. That's wonderful. And some of the stadiums have updated. Some of the stadiums have some. I prefer, I prefer the ones that haven't updated because it's, it's like, um, Jillian, you may know this about me. I'm a big Met fan. Whoa. I don't know if you've heard. Uh, Calm down. Every time, every time they occasionally, it's like on this day, it happens once a year when the Mets win the 2000 pennant and they show the video. And as soon as the ball is caught by Timo Perez, all you hear over the loudspeaker is who let the dogs out. And it's like, nobody, nobody for a second thought that this might be something we play back later. Maybe we go with a different song choice for the moment. No, no. So it's, it's, I, every year for 20 odd years now, I at least listen to who let the dogs out once a year. Who let the dogs out encapsulates a moment. It's like Mambo number five. Like throw that down. It's a statement. It like sets your time and place. I I 100% am behind their choice as are half the teams of the KHL that keep it on rotation. Just to remind you, you the most controversial thing about the era of who let the dogs out was who let the dogs out. It literally was just that song. Nothing else bad (laughs) Um, happened. We were all happy. There you go. Fun fun fact about Mambo number five. Um, my that song came out the year my middle sister had her bat mitzvah and us kaplan kids this is going to be shocking bratty as fuck just inappropriate (laughs) inappropriate motherfuckers yes and there's uh so when you have your bat mitzvah you have to light 13 candles on a cake and there's meaning behind who you invite up to light each candle so my sister had the the idea you up (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm, I'm the younger brother. I'm the younger brother. I get invited wherever the fuck I go. It's that simple. Okay. Uh, I'm also, I was the star of Camp Harlem back in the day. So I got a lot of invites up. Anyway, uh, my sister Jesus. had this brilliant idea. We have an uncle, our uncle John. He has been married, I don't know, six times. 
Um, so when he came up to light his candle, she's like, I'm going to play Momo number five because this motherfucker <laughs> lists 75 names to women in the song. All his Kaplan kids are like, that's a great idea. Don't tell anyone you're doing it. We'll get his reaction priceless. Uh, yeah, Uncle John starts walking up to the to the uh, light the candle. The song plays. Mood in the entire room changed. The three of us were laughing our asses off, though. Is this like a religion? Forgive me, I've never been invited uh, obvious, for obvious what? reasons to anyone's religious celebrations because oh, I would man. just be a totally inappropriate choice. But like, is this a religious moment that you in which infused Mambo Number no. Five? Because uh, yes, yes, it's the, okay. uh, the lighting of each candle is supposed to be a very significant moment uh, in the celebration of a bar bat mitzvah. And my sister's like, "This is the best time ever to play a prank on our uncle." I mean, I hope your sister is on one of these days and I can just talk to her about that because I, I, I think she's I, I, I can confirm that sister will never be yeah. on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, what was it? Camp Harlem? That's where you were like the big gun? Can we get like Yeah, that's right. In Kunkeltown, Pennsylvania. Kunkeltown. Yikes. Kunkeltown. <laughs> that's right. That's a, that's a real place. I'm Googling it right now. I, I believe you. I 100% believe you. Well, I think the only thing in Kunkeltown is a post office in that camp that I went to. I am currently an hour and 38 minutes from Kunkeltown, Gregory, in case you're wondering. Yeah, I think it's closer to like South, uh, not even South Jersey. Like It is South Jersey. The people I went to camp with, there was a lot of Cherry Hill, New Jersey, Yeah, a lot of Allentown, Pennsylvania. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Did we all hunker down there for Armageddon or? What? I think we, we're, we're all gonna have to bar down somewhere. We're gonna get the bloggers, uh, blogger resistance force. <laughs> Jesus, are you okay. headed? What's your plan to head back to Russia if there is one in the future whatsoever? Um, so right now, anyone that wants to go to Russia has to have a special permission letter, um, that lets them in the country because a visa is not enough. I do not have said letter and I'm not pursuing it super eagerly at the very exact moment just because the COVID levels are still absolutely horrendous. Mm -hmm. And so I've been working from home, but I fully intend to get over there before the regular season ends. Like if I have to write the letter myself, I probably shouldn't say that out loud because the Kremlin's probably listening. But anyway, no Hi, matter Kremlin. how I have to get that letter, <laughs> I will be getting that letter somehow uh, and heading over. It's a shame, you know, there's such a great Russian team that's playing, but right now they're on their national team break and there's a bunch of youngsters playing in the senior men's national team tournament. I don't know if you heard about this, but Russia, because so many of the players have gotten COVID and there's been such an issue, they wanted to give a lot of the players in the KHL this national team break to rest and to recoup and learn their systems and all the things they haven't been able to do. So they're sending a demo world juniors team led by Igor Larionov to a senior men's national team tournament which is crazy, but it's also not that crazy because all of these guys are playing in the KHL night in and night out anyway. And it's in Finland. And I would have loved to have been over for that. But like, unfortunately, <laughs> international travel is just not on the docket. But hopefully soon. I'm losing my mind. I'm like crying along to Russian classics. And sometimes when I watch the KHL games and they play who let the dogs out, I'm like softly sobbing. I'm like, I want to let the dogs out in Russia. Why can't I let the dogs out in Russia? <laughs> yeah, I'd like to leave my living room. Anyway, um, this, has been a, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. You are our final guest before our fifth year anniversary show. Oh my gosh, I, if, if it were normal times, we'd be like raising a glass. I'm so devastated. If this was normal times, this, this, this fifth year anniversary show would be a drink up, guaranteed. There would be no way it wouldn't be at a bar. So, mm -hmm. uh, No question. I'm upset about it. So uh, thank you so much for coming on. Why don't you plug everything you do? And uh, it's always a pleasure talking to you.
Oh, well, thanks for having me on. You guys are the best. Um, I can be found on Twitter, Jillian Kemmerer, Instagram, Caviar Diplomat, and I just launched a um, subscription email hey. for a couple bucks a month. I tell all kinds of wild stories from the Wild East, so come on and hang out over there. Otherwise, you can find me on khl.ru. Dope. Thank you so much, Jillian. We'll talk to you uh, probably soon. Who knows? Stay alive out there. I'm great. Bye, everyone. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Bye.